Hey everyone, welcome to Buzzing About Romance. I am Becky, and I am super excited to be joined for this episode by Leah. Hey Leah. Hi Becky. And Lindsay. Hey Lindsay. Hey. <laughs> um, so we are going to tackle the topic of sports romance for this episode, but we talk sports romance a lot. Like that was the um, connecting piece for a lot of us mm-hmm. was we were all sports romance people. Um, and we've been doing this for three years and we've talked a lot of sports romance. So we're hoping in this episode to kind of talk about some of the idiosyncrasies of sports romance, what we think works, what we don't think works, what we like, what we don't like, why it's so well, popular. And let me say something as I was going through like my list, trying to find books there's certain types of sports that i realize i read a lot of other types of sports that i don't read a lot of but there also are not a lot available yeah and so it's like kind of frustrated by that so authors if you listen we're going to tell you which ones we need more of um before we get into all the nitty-gritty of that though i want to do our romance term of the week um this week's term of the week is why choose romance formerly known as reverse harem the reason that we are no longer referring to it as reverse harem is there were people that were within the middle eastern cultures that feel the word harem is derogatory it is not a Mm -hmm. word they are comfortable with and they have asked that we stop using that word there is a lot of cultural nuances and also some problematic pieces with the word harem. That makes sense. So in an effort, you know, even though there might be somebody from those cultures, it's like, I don't mind the word. It doesn't matter. For us going forward, we are going to use why choose romance. I feel like that's relative in any culture, though. Like there's terms where some people are very have a hard time with terms sure. and other people don't. Um. But I have to say, I believe by calling it a why choose romance, it gets into why I don't like this. Uh huh. Why I don't like this subgenre. And why choose is a subgenre of contemporary romance, although you also find it in PNR and you also will find it in Omegaverse. Um, I have a little like caveat to that. So I'm not a huge fan of the why chooses. Like I'll read them, but I don't love them. But when it's like a faded mates PNR or like an Omega verse with there's like mates and stuff, it doesn't bug me as much. Well, I agree. See, it's- because there's like a hierarchy. But exactly. then when it's just like the why choose situation, it's weird, especially when you start introducing like multi-generational aspects and you're with the dad and the brother and it's weird. I have trouble with that. That I mean, if that's your thing, that's okay. But we do not yuck anyone's yum. We just don't always read them. I don't. I just interpret it in a way that makes me cringe. That's fine. (laughs) Um, So when we say a why choose romance, here is what we consider why choose. We have a female protagonist with multiple. It must be three or more male love interests. Now, when the HEA arrives, she isn't left choosing just one. She gets to keep them all. I disagree with this. I don't believe it's an HEA. Okay, but I do have a question. You love a thruple. It is different. It is different. 
So I feel the wide shoes romances that I have read, Mm -hmm. they do not feel like they are in committed future polyamorous moving forward relationships. It just feels like, hey, I like having sex. These people like having the sex. We're all going to have the sex together. See, my thing is like, I feel like I've read books with three and I felt like there's a substantial HEA to it. But for me, if it gets to be four or more is where it gets a little muddy for me. Three period. There must be one girl, two men or two girls, one men. Three period. Just three period. Three period. See, I can do the three guys and one girl. I got no time for that. Girls and one guy. But like, I, when it gets to be four, Okay, I will caveat. When she runs out of holes. I will caveat this with saying, oh my God, Leah, that was gross. Um, But I will say this. Okay. You're welcome. There is on an occasion that I do not mind a polyamorous situation if swords are crossing. But I feel like when you add that polyamorous title to it, it takes it a different direction than just a wide shoes, though. I agree. I agree. Why Go are ahead. thruple romances not part of why choose though? Because there's some really good like thruple romances. Because there's only two people. There's only one there's only person. Three people. Three people. It has to be four or more to be why choose. But in it's a thruple, four. there's three people. But it has to yes. be four or more that she has to choose between. Or three like, or more. There has to be well, a total of four. Because in the thruple romances, it's not uncommon to see like a girl, girl, guy situation. Mm-hmm. And it's not unusual. Like I love Mary Carr's books and she writes male, female, male, where swords do not cross. And I don't mind those. And I believe that they are in a committed polyamorous relationship. I understand it. The dynamic works. But honestly, what it comes down to is I have a husband and I have a son. And if I had to live with one more male in this house, I am fairly certain I would be pushing people out the stairs or giving swirlies in the toilet hourly. Yeah, but you would be getting all the orgasms. Boys suck. I'm sorry, boys, guys. They, well, they smell really bad, too. Like, boys smell. Right? Could you like imagine you, how stinky that house would be? All that sex? Like, it would Even be a worse? locker room. It would yeah. be like a gym locker room. Even like a, worse? Football. A why choose hockey romance because oh, with all the hockey here, moral more bad than that. That would be like, I don't know. Uh, football. Don't ever write that. Don't ever. Like um, write there that. is one out There's, there that is <laughs> yes, but a football locker room is really bad too. Um, locker rooms period are bad. It's where like wet and sweat and that combination per- well and it like bad. permeates the walls okay we have to move on from sweat people okay <laughs> right into the locker rooms of sports romance so on this episode that was a good transition right i'm getting so good at this after three years i've got a beat um on this episode of buzzing about romance we're going to talk about the sub genre of sports romance sports romance are more than a trope and the sp- mm. And the specific sports that fall under sports romance are sub-genres of sports romance. Because we then see other tropes within those sub-subgenres. For example, hockey, we have a best friend's brother. Or we have enemies to lovers. Or coach's daughter. Or roommates. Or a secret baby. Or a secret baby. So we need to start looking at sports as sports is a subgenre of romance, of contemporary romance. 
And the specific sports are subgenres of sports romance. And I think that that will help kind of line up our book recs easier too for people. Because if you come to me and you say, hey, I want a sports romance. Well, which sport do you want? Because they mm -hmm. read very differently. Yeah, they do. Well, and that's the thing too. Well, and part of it too is like the type of sport leads to a very different like way that the romance can play out too. Like how much like downtime there is, the seasons itself. Like there's so many variables well, in sports romance. So I recently read a baseball romance. I was checking out R.S. Gray's, um, her New York pinstripe series. And I was reading it, and as I was reading it, I realized baseball might have one of the shortest off-seasons. Mm -hmm. It does. And if you're a pitcher or a catcher, you get like... You don't really and, have any off-season. Yeah, Valentine's Day is when you report. Valentine's Day is when pitchers and catchers report to spring training, and it's a couple weeks before everybody else shows up. I mean, really, if you think about it, if a baseball team goes to the World Series or into the playoffs, they're playing into October. Yeah, they have a really years, long season, yeah. Yeah, some years too, like into November, because like last year, I think they had contract negotiations and the season started over a week late and it pushed them into November. Um, so that's like really short off season. Well, and then like, so we'll get into some specific sports, but like I was just thinking that when an author writes romances, it really would affect the couple dynamic based on on-season, off-season, and the travel. Because mm -hmm. we see it with our hockey romances, right? And everything like that. Yeah. But I think that there's this, like, I think of, like, the football season, it's got to be the shortest season, right? The shortest it playing is, yeah, season. It's, like, 12 weeks, 16 and it's, weeks I think total. It's 16 weeks, and then you add in the playoffs. And they do report for training. Um, they do training. They're there now. But that's in, like, august right like yeah. it's not that yeah. much august. before the season they do like maybe four weeks they have like mini camps because i know there's been some steelers mini camps like because i've been watching like instagram and stuff and since it's our local team but they do like mini camps like throughout and like small training camps but before like they do like their full-on stuff it's august um so in previous episodes we have done a hockey and a football draft Mm -hmm. We have talked about rodeo in our cowboy episode. We also did our after sports episode where we covered retired players, injured players, sports agents, owners, or staff. And we included coach and medical staff in that. And we also did coach's child. So mm -hmm. those have been covered in previous episodes. If you like, we will talk hockey and football, but we probably are not going to talk cowboys this time because we just did that um but i will link all these different episodes in our on the shelf show notes i also didn't think of cowboys and rodeo for this um that's okay so do you agree with me when my statement of sports is a subgenre of romance and the type of sports is a sub of that do you agree with me yes 100 mm -hmm. percent. um so then this is my theory on why sports romance is so popular and I've been spouting this theory for a couple months now. And some people are like, oh, yeah, I agree with you. And others think I'm insane. So I want to take, I want your honest take on this. Or they think both. Or they think both. I mean, 
Hey, Amanda. Jill. <laughs> I mean. Amber. Amber. So oh. her name is Amber. Not <laughs> My <Amanda>. God. <laughs> um, okay. Sorry, Amber. So sports romance. I believe that the reason it is so popular right now, athletes are the acceptable billionaires. We do not fault them for having multiple cars and big money and buying nice things and buying nice things for their partner. They live in big houses. No one's faulting them. But they hate on billionaire romances. They do. And I agree. But I also think that sports have leaned into the book talk. And people are like, like thriving in that book talk environment. You know, it's really interesting. And I kind of watched that play out with the Seattle Kraken a little bit, although Mm -hmm. I was kind of on my sports or was on my social media hiatus during that. The Seattle Kraken really leaned into book talk while they were in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And there's this glorification of those players. There is the sexualization of them. And some of the book talkers, I think, took it too far. Mm-hmm. And it I was agree. gross. It was gross to me. And it made me start thinking, I mean, I like looking at an attractive man, but I am not going to make some over-the-top screaming video ogling him and dissecting them and picking them apart. And I feel like if somebody was doing that, if you know they were doing that to a group of women, catcalling the woman, going on and on about you know her chest or her butt or her thighs or whatever as women we would be upset by that we would think Mm -hmm. that's gross right Mm -hmm. so why as women are we not grossed out at those book talkers that went to the extreme on sexualizing those hockey players because it's the the wonderful world of the double standard well okay so i love abs on my covers but i'm not like gonna lick it (laughs) just metaphorically i mean yeah like i'm not gonna i mean i don't know it's this is something you're putting out there publicly for people to see and i just don't want people to see me like treat other people that way even if it's not somebody i know i think that's it and i really there was one author over there and a couple of book talkers that have bigger accounts that were gross the sexualization of the Seattle Kraken and what they did on book talk. It was gross because I thought those men, some of them have wives or girlfriends. Some of them have daughters and sisters and Mm -hmm. sons. And what lesson are you teaching? And it got to the point that the objectification of these men made me feel gross And it was like a step too far. Like, I think Wander is a very handsome man. Mm -hmm. I mean, do I look at him when he's on a cover? A thousand percent. Do I buy it if he's on the cover? Probably a thousand plus one percent. All that being said, I know that he is a very savvy, smart businessman. He is a very talented photographer. There is Mm -hmm. much more to him than a gray beard and some nice abs. And I'm not like railing to my million followers being like look at my daddy he's so sexy let's lick him you know it's just like come on guys it's gone too far i mean if you do want to behave that way you can go to my local whole foods on a sunday because like they all look like wander with various faces 
Could you see me standing in Whole Foods <laughs> yelling, who's my daddy? At everybody. Like, really? Daddy. I, never, they would want I, I to don't know you. what was going on with it, but it looked like a hockey team had unleashed in my Whole Foods or something. Like, I don't understand what was happening today. And I've never seen that many dudes shopping in a grocery store before. I mean, it was you like, enjoyed you enjoyed the view, but you didn't make a big deal about yeah, it. It took me a little longer to shop today. <laughs> that's okay but but it's all in how you treat it and that's the big thing it's like you you are welcome to look you're welcome to google but it's how you react and display yourself i think it's how you handle yourself in this i've seen mike and i have been watching the last kingdom on netflix well that's a really good show and we just watched a scene where utrid uh got baptized and we got to see a picture of his backside Mm -hmm. and i suggested to mike that we pause it and that Michael dropped his drawers and we could do a side-by-side comparison so that I could Mike Google like that his so much, body he? also. He didn't. But I'm also not like taking 70 snaps and sharing it over on TikTok and being like, hey, to my 300 followers, check out this guy's ass. It's hot, hot. I'm not doing that. Mm-mm. I don't know. Well, I just think there's you're a doing these. But that's the thing, like you, it's one thing to do things in the privacy of your home. It is another to put that out there and like project that to the world. I also sometimes feel like an icky mom because like, I'm pretty sure dude's not that old. (laughs) I'm at that weird age now where you have to like, look how old they are and be like, could I be his mom? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's something like. Charlie and I talk about that a lot with baseball because like there's some really young players right yeah, now. Yeah, there are a ton of really young players. Like they're like 20, 22, 24. It's not uncommon for that. Like the the sport has really aged down. So like there's a lot more um really young, highly talented players in baseball. Whereas like 10 years ago, like it was a big deal for all of a sudden 19, 20, 21 year olds to be playing in the big leagues. Has it aged down or have we just aged up? It really has aged down. It's really an interesting phenomenon. And like the big thing with baseball is they actually renegotiated their contracts Mm -hmm. because of how dramatically um, the sport has changed. Because Mm -hmm. like not only are you seeing that like the higher talented um, players that are really outperforming some of the older players like one like a player's value decreases in their 30s and now i know all about that because like gosh it takes nothing to hurt anything in your 30s no well and after 35 it's just downhill from so there. at this point the average age for a professional baseball player right now 26 but what was it in the 90s okay probably like 35 or 30 30 I would say like 31 or 30. In the 90s, it was 29.3 years old. Oh, 29. So 30. 30. So that's, I mean, that's a decent, that's a big gap, like for a baseball player, for any athlete, really. And given my current age. (laughs) They could be your babies. They could be my babies. Um, Okay. (laughs) Let's not, let's not talk about this. Anyway, back to the episode. (laughs) Sports romance. Back to the show. Sports romance. What do we like about sports romance? What keeps us coming back specifically to this subgenre? Because if we start looking at it, now Leah doesn't count because we all know the majority of the subgenre that she reads is uh, um, suspense. 
This is true. But the majority of us, now, not currently, currently, you know, we all know I'm it's in, for all in the dark, dark era. era. <laughs> but why, why do we keep coming back to these sports romances? What is it about them that we're all like, I like this, or I'm going to check this out because I liked this one. So what do we love about sports romance? Okay. I'll go first. <laughs> Lindsay was going to talk first. I'm just, I'm just, well, She's I mean, pondering. I She's pondering the question. I guess what I like about it is like the same thing I like about most other romances is that it's like so unrealistic to my daily life that it just puts you in like a unique and fun situation to read about. Um, I really love baseball. I don't love baseball romance. But I do love hockey romance. I used to love hockey as a sport, but I stopped watching it. Um, I stopped watching it a while ago, just not following it the way I used to. And I still really love like the hockey romances. And I think like for me, a lot of times it's just like really fun and unique stories and it humanizes people in a way where like you can be more compassionate with real people because you don't necessarily know their situations like when I read a romance and sometimes there's a new concept in it I'll be like you know what like maybe this guy's not being a 23 year old punk going out and so <laughs> doing stupid stuff so um, this, maybe there's more to it so this is why I think that sports romance heroes are the acceptable billionaires right now because you know we had the um the one percenters you know the stop wall street movements but then we had all these billionaire romances and there was a mystique to being a billionaire right like we Mm -hmm. as average citizens do not know what the day in the life of a billionaire ceo is right right and i think there's a mystique to professional athletes these are humans that are at the height of their chosen um vocation they are physically at their tops. They've worked hard. They've done all these things. And as an average person who doesn't work out or who doesn't play a sport, there's a mystique to athletes that adds another layer into our romances. Well, and one thing I like too about them is they almost, they normalize like those athletes. Yes, it's romance. Yes, it's fiction, but there are always realistic elements to these stories. And it's the thing, it's like, it takes you out of that, like pedestal aspect in some ways. And it's like, it brings them back down to your level. Like they are like a person, they have lives, they have issues, they have traumas. Like it brings that pedestal down to the floor. Um, Lindsay, what doesn't work for you in sports romance? Oh, I wrote a few things about this down. <laughs> Please enlighten <One>, us. <laughs> most, like if you look at a lot of professional athletes, like most professional athletes who get married really young or early on in their career, they're marrying their high school sweethearts. We don't mm-hmm. see that in romance hardly ever. That's if, true. Like I can't think of a single one. Um, and I've read a lot. Where they <laughs> marry their high school sweethearts, Kane by Sawyer Bennett. Um, but they got married late like there's well they didn't get married right away like they did their own that's fine as long like you just don't see it as i don't think it's like as represented as it is i know but i'm gonna give some i'm gonna see if i can find some book recs so go on so that's just one and then 
another thing is um there's repeated meet cutes like they have a lot of situations like okay one of the most common ones is pr nightmare and pr rep fall in love and mm-hmm. they make it work together there's a lot of like inner op and like i don't have any i think it's realistic for their situation but there's a lot of repeat situations whereas like i just read only one chance by marilyn kelly and they're meet cute like she's a sports radio talk host and he is an actual player on the team trying to get with her for years. Oh, no, that's Natasha's book. That, Natasha Madison. That's right. That's Natasha, Natasha Madison's, Madison's Only One Chance. Um, that one is really good. Like, that's a really unique meet cute. And then um, another meet cute that I really like a lot is um, A Lie for a Lie by Helena Hunting when he's on vacation and they are at the cabin in alaska that's really like, oh, but it's alaska so it has yeah. a special place for you okay so making yeah, like, his play by mary carr are childhood sweethearts the trailblazer but there's time so both of those are second chance trailblazer by gina Azee is oh, also I like that one a lot a childhood yeah, sweethearts hate me under the mistletoe which is part of the romancing the rink series by kelly jameson is childhood sweethearts but again mm, space that one was a really sweetheart she it was more a childhood crush okay childhood crush just, i'm just saying second dive by jasmine miller it's a second chance childhood mm-hmm. sweethearts he's a swimmer okay i haven't read any of these okay we'll, we'll give you the list okay so i have those okay i'm sorry what are your other favorite meet cutes i'm sorry um well, I was done with my meet cute. I talked about two that I liked a lot. And then my, I just have a lot of complaints. Also, Tell these people, like a lot of times you see like in the news, like what are the first thing that you do once you sign your $400 million contract? And they're like, beef up my security team because now everybody knows how much money I make. And it's scary and people are crazy. And like in romance, there's not. There are security concerns, but it's like really lax in a lot of them. Like you see, and I'm not doubting that it doesn't happen in real life, but I just think like they're the bigger name people. Security, yeah, the bigger name people. It's like not always in romance shown, like the legit security. Because if you think of Kelly Jameson's New York Bears series, they ride the subway. The one Mm -hmm. guy meets the busker as they're getting on and off the subway. And wouldn't New Yorkers notice hockey players in fancy suits as they're riding the subway? I don't think they care. Like, they don't care. Because it's like New York. There's celebrities all over the place. Now, we do... pretty sure they do care. Sometimes we do get security, like, around the arenas. Because the guys will drive in. Um, And I've read a couple so that... um, I can't think of the name they go by now. Eden Dunn, I think. It, no, they've changed. They used to be Pippa, Pippa Green. Green. They've changed Pippa their Green. name to Eden Dunn. Mm-hmm. Those books talk about that the guys all live in like a um, gated community, and you yeah. have to be on the list to go in and out. But and living whiskey does too. Her Carolina but, Reaper series as well. But I feel like a living situation is different than like an out and about situation because where I live, yeah. like there's a penguins training center, like really like it's actually like maybe 15 minutes from my house. And like you'll occasionally see like penguins like out out in the wild. But they never have security. Like we Troy Paul Malu, like we've seen him like in the store. 
he doesn't ever have security. It's just him. But would you know? Uh, yes. I mean, that He's hair. Very... Hmm? Troy no, Palomalu I mean, you know in that hair. If he has he... security or not. Like a lot of oh, times. Oh, yeah. Because he, like, I, like, people, like, he, like, walked into a place where my sister-in-law was the one day and it was just him. Like, there was nobody okay. around. Like, I wonder just, if it depends just... on the level of sportsness, but also, like, um, where you are. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah, true. Where you're going, so, like, what you're doing. The town that oh, I live yeah. in, Ben Roethlisberger, it played high school sports here and was from this area. And when he would come back for stuff... And it was an event, like a fundraising event he was doing here for boosters or something like that. He would have some security guys with him because he very much liked his privacy and he was here with his kids and his wife. But that, though, like there's a like a larger amount of people in that scenario, though, too. But he recently came back because a kid here got drafted to Ohio State that's out of our high school. And um, so... Uh, he came back to do just kind of talk to him, mentor him a little bit, tell him what to expect is going in as a quarterback. And um, there was no security here. And it was just him for the weekend. And it was real low key. So, again, I just think it depends on event and where you are mm-hmm. and how high profile and like how well, in the that's the thing. Are. Like, are they are they like sneaking under the radar? Because like I said, like with the penguins, like people will see them like in target, which is next to the, like the practice facility. So, but it's like, they're going like from one to the next. And it's like, if you don't know who they are, because honestly, like I couldn't tell you a penguin from like Joe Schmo down the street. I'd, I'd love the penguins, but I don't follow them unless it's like a big name. Cause that's just how I roll anymore. But I do feel like it's a situational thing with that kind okay, of thing. Okay, so outside of security, what else don't you like, Lindsay? Or what else bugs you? I think, like, it makes them all, like, there so many of them are playboys, and I'm not disputing that that might not be the case, but, like, with the level of training that these guys have to do. I don't think it's as rampant for I don't, as, as many... As, I, as I don't think. think it makes sense for every sport. Like, I think it would be really, really hard for you to be like a playboy in baseball. Like you play baseball every day. Like, like if you look, I recently like looked into the, like what their schedule is on game day. They arrive three plus hours before the game. A lot of times they, um, they do you know, batting practice, they do the game, they do like workouts, food, and then they're there for like hours after the game too. So it's like a good 12 hour day when they're doing these games. And then you factor in commute times and it's like, are these people really going out and partying after the games? Like, are they really like, what is their social life? I feel like like, at the end of a series, they would go. In hockey, they play every other day. In basketball, they play every other day. In football, they play once a week. Like, they do have rigorous training schedules and things like that. But in baseball, a lot of times, like, after your game, they're going and getting on a plane and flying to another city. Like, every three or four days, they're flying somewhere else. So I think, like, I don't know. Like, I just think, like, it's that being, like, the stereotypical trope, like, where every single baseball player or almost every single it's almost cliche it's cliche and it does not make sense like i just don't see how 
maybe they're getting it on 24 seven in the off season. Um, but like mm-hmm. in the main season, like, have you worked out for four hours and then like sat in meetings for four hours? And then like, what do you feel like after that? Like, I don't want to do anything. I want to nap. <laughs> so I think if we're going to be really honest, the our pro athletes that are likely the biggest playboys, I would say are going to be our winter sports guys. They're probably stoned and you totally can drink and go snowboard. And then think about all the rumors you hear from the Olympics. Right. Oh, well, just condoms <laughs> and yeah, there's a lot and a lot STDs like spreading like rampant. wildfire. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, what, Leah, is there anything <laughs> the you don't like? <laughs> I, I don't like if you're going to write a sports romance, you need to have the facts correct. Like you can take some liberties because like area to area, there are different like terms and things like that. I get that. But the facts themselves, like the dates that the seasons are played, the the So that's type, a big thing for me is timeline. The timeline of the season has to be right, which you can fudge like a little bit no, here and there. Because depending no, on I'm what author, like, depending on what author you read, sometimes a hockey season, their preseason workouts start as early as August. Some of them, their preseason, I'm saying, is like, like middle of October, and it's like, come on, you guys. I'm saying like if it's the beginning of September, like for or like football, like you could have them start like the middle of July instead of August if you wanted. I'm saying like you can fudge it up a little bit, but you like you cannot take liberties with the season itself. Well, in a hockey, have- hockey has a puck. Hockey has sticks. Hockey has a bench. Hockey has a penalty box. It is and not goal. and a goal. It is not a player's box. Although I do believe that in hockey they call it the net also. They do call it the net, but and the they do bench call it, like a is not a, a net, sometimes. or is not a there, player's there's box. There's appropriate slang terms when sports are there, but you have to get the facts right. Like it's a pitcher's mound in baseball. I read a book once. I don't even know what the fuck they called it, but it was not the pitcher's mound, and I got real mad. What else? Would I you don't know what them? they called it. If you're going to include like really important details, like how contracts work, make sure you know how that works in the sports, Mm -hmm. because I like, there are baseball writers out there who I won't read them anymore because that really irritates me. Like I know baseball so well that this will really like those details I won't overlook. And I'm sorry, but if you are fresh getting called up into the majors, if you're fresh drafted, you're not getting a $200 million contract. That's not how baseball works. No, like. I also think a piece. No, so <laughs> this is a piece. So Lindsay is an avid baseball person. Lindsay knows sports. She knows numbers. This statistics and the statisticalness of sports is Lindsay's like catnip. And I know for like Heather that watches it, that listens and helps with us with with episodes, she knows everything. She knows the ins and out of hockey. We talked about piercings and if that was probable in hockey mid season. All that being said. I know that there are a lot of people that get upset when authors will do inter um, interconference play for like the cup. Like I personally do not know this stuff because I am totally the girl on the sidelines going yay sports. Like I, I have no clue, you guys. I mean, I don't. But there, but there's, but when you. Becky can tell when there is a term that is wrong 
Like that's a red flag in your sports romance. It is, but I still think like I don't. And I also think that people that get so kind of crazy about like that team would never play that team for the cup because there it would be interconference play or whatever like that. But maybe in this author's world, they are well, in other conferences. Those, those types of things don't bug me because like authors, like a lot of times they don't use real teams. Like they'll use like real teams they play, but they're not like the team themselves isn't real. So yeah. like the way that the conferences line up doesn't bug me. It's the fact that like the facts of the sport and the terms of the sport need to be correct. Like you can take liberties to an extent you have to have the sport right like you are a writer you need to research your product before you put it out there but you if you aren't going to take the time to research it be vague like don't put the specifics in there that's the part that irritates me about it like you because it is not that difficult to just take those details out and be vague there are people who write sports but the sport isn't really don't include those details as much because you're right like like they want to be part of the genre they want to be in the genre but in the situations where they don't want to deal with all the facts and the nuances of the sport and all the gritty details they move slightly further out from like either they're meeting up in the off season the story takes place outside or the actual like Sarah Nay, she has a baseball romance in her Jock Hard series. It's Jock Row. It's the book one. The entire book basically takes place on like party row, like sports row or like whatever the houses are. And like, that's where most of the book takes place. Like the hero is a sports like phenom in college, but the story takes place at the house, the baseball house. So it's like, you have the sports aspect of it, but it's not sports focused. Right. So it's like you can have the sports romance without the sport. Yeah. And I think like specifically for those instances, I think college sports actually works a lot better than major league. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why that? Why do you say that? Because the seasons are shorter. They happen in a smaller environment and you can get away with like not actually having to go to all the games and like highlight what's going on there. Like there's. Okay. I think there's a little like bit more, more possibility. Yeah. And then the other thing is too, a lot less people know how college sports work. Yeah. That's it's true. like you're doing college hockey. Like that's a very regional thing. So like a lot of hockey fans will know um, to some degree, but like college sports have different rules a lot of times in like major league sports. And then they also work in different ways too. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, okay. I feel that yeah. I get it. Well, and I feel like when you get like, <laughs> I never thought about it. aspects of like the college sports world, it works better. I do think that it works better when they're a younger player, mm-hmm. because if dude is supposed to be 28 years old, he's been in the league three, four years at this point, like say, a, say a football romance, he probably they have to play at least two years college before they can go into right, it's two or three years into the NFL. And so I think the it earliest the they can rare, be drafted. Rare, rare occasion. I think you can be drafted out of high school, but it is No, very, you can't. No, you have you to have so many football? years. Yeah. You have to have so many years post. You must be the only one then. Uh, basketball did it for a while and then they dropped it. LeBron James was the last one to be drafted out of high school. Mm-hmm. And then he went after that, that next year at all, like 2004, it had, they had to have at least one year of college. And the mm. risk becomes... You know, with injury and wear and tear on muscles and joints, 
you're taking potential playing years away from these athletes um, and they risk injury by playing for no pay in college. Like it's this whole thing. Um, but like all of that, I think that you can have a playboy in even a pro sport, but, but in football, at least I think you can. But if dude is 27, 28 years old, he may be playing football. He maybe has three more years of play before his body's going to say, no, thank you. (laughs) Dude is not going out to the clubs two nights a week and grinding up on ladies. Well, unless they're tired, unless he's a tool, because there are football players that do that kind of thing. Yeah, there's like no way in baseball. Like even in the all-star break in baseball, I call it break. It's not really a break. break. Like it's a full week of activities and it's four days. It's like I mean you could they treat it like a week. Doing who you want if you're not on the all-star team. For four days. (laughs) I mean, you could sleep with a lot of people in four days. So this is a conversation that we've had a couple of times. Um, can you have a small town feel? In a pro sports romance, I believe you can do this with college. I think because college campuses are essentially even the big Division One schools are like a small town contained mm-hmm. into one. Especially mm-hmm. if it's not like I don't think that works for the Ohio State University because they are so big and they're I mean, right that's in the, the city heart in itself, and they're right in the heart of Columbus. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you take say the University of Michigan which is Ann Arbor, and in 2A, the only thing that is pretty much there is the University of Michigan. It's a small town. It has small town vibes. Mm-hmm. So I think you can put athletes in, pro, in sports there with small town vibes. But I don't think – so I think you can do it in college. I don't think it is well executed. I just don't think you can do it I think in pro. Are, you can, I think you can have elements of the small town vibe based on like with Samantha Whiskey's Seattle Shark series, like a lot of the players live in the same community. So they have like these big gatherings with all of the players and you get those small town town vibes in like the plan of houses, but like they're in Seattle. So like, but she doesn't try and make it a small town. It's just like this gathering of people like, and they have like, they can like go between house and house and like, they have this like really close element because of the way they live but there's not a small town feel to it it just has those small town elements what do you think mma yeah i do i agree with you i actually wrote the same notes about the college university piece um because of like how isolated that environment is and it gives a very small town feel um and then the mma series there's jiffy kate's um erickson brothers that's Mm -hmm. in a small town and then um, Piper Rain, like that... My Vegas Groom, that's another situation where, like, he is a MMA athlete and then he relocates to Alaska to be with her. Um, but I feel like in those, like, they're, like, taking themselves out of, like, they're training. It's an MMA gym mm-hmm. in a small town. So it's, right. like, you're taking them out of that, like, professional element. Right. So you're, it's, like, a small town with MMA, like, plopped in. Yeah, but that's the, other, that's the other thing with MMA, though. I think it works because in MMA, like tra- you're training up for these fights and then you're mm-hmm. traveling to the fight. You mm-hmm. don't have to live where the event is because the events are scattered far between. Whereas like 
most team oriented sports, you do have to live where the sport is for the duration of the season. Mm -hmm. And I think like that dynamic in and of itself really heavily impacts like how like each sports dynamic heavily impacts like how the heroes should actually be portrayed. And then like, what, what are they doing? Like how, how are they spending their time? Because you're not, it's not all going to be the same. And with MMA, like you have all this downtime in between the events. And I think swimming is a similar one. We don't see a whole whole well, lot of like swimming, swimming and winter sports as well. Boxing, I think we see it like um Krista Sandor in her Nanny and the Beefcake book. He's training mm-hmm. for a big fight. But when we first meet him, he's not training for a fight. He's just right. working out at the gym and keeping like he's training, but he's not training hard. But he's in a small town outside of Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like you and yes, I think you can do small town with winter sports, too, because um, Erica Kelly, her calamity falls. It starts out with winter sports snowboarder. They have a training center up in the mountains of calamity. Montana. Well, and Serena and Bowen, Bowen, Serena Bowen's Gravity Series. Um, they're snowboarders and skiers, and it takes. I think book one takes place in a small town because he's like stopped s- snowboarding for reasons or something. But like those are sports that you typically have to travel to your location. So like you can train anywhere. I mean, you need a mountain and snow naturally, but, but not like, always because there's indoor training facilities for. Well, but if you're like, if you want to train outside though, like you have to be in specific places, but there are small towns that have those types of facilities there. So it's like the type of sport itself can lead to that. Like Violet Vaughn's series, she's got that ski romance series based in Colorado where they live in year round in the ski town. And it like a lot of times, like because they're so seasonal, they are smaller towns because the economy hinges around like the resorts being open. Yeah. Well, and Jamie Beck, she has a skiing um, series and they're ski instructors. So like, but they, it's a small like ski town where like there's, it's a tourist town. So like the town itself is small and like the locals are a smaller number. Um do we have any other, since we're in snow sports, do you have any other book recs for snow sports? I also have Leave Me Breathless by Carrie Elks. He is a snowboarder turned, he is turning, um, he's retiring and starting his own resort. And then Magden Mountain by Serena Bowen, Rebecca, and I've only read Serena Bowen's and Rebecca Yaros. Um, they're two out of the three that are in that series. Um, Serena, he's a former speed skier who has retired and in book mm-hmm. two, he's a former um, professional snowboarder who is on hiatus for injury. Any other winter sports? Um, J.S. Scott and her Sinclair billionaire series. It's the billionaire's voice. The heroine was actually a figure skater and she got sick and lost her hearing. Okay. Really I don't, good. but I did have a note under my winter sports, which is there's a lot of these winter sports, but where are the surfer romances? I have a surfer romance for you. <laughs> there, there are a couple. So Eliz- yeah, Elizabeth O'Rourke, Elizabeth O'Rourke has two or three different uh, surfer romances. I read Summer We Fell 
but I believe the devil in blue, he is competing at the big world surfing competition. Mm-hmm. Um, and Max Monroe have a, the jerk duet. It actually, I really like this duet because it's set up in podcast form. So like book one is the heroine's like podcast and book two is the hero's podcast, but he is a surfer. Um, but it's uh, the day, I don't remember what the actual titles are. It's just the jerk duet, but it's, I really like the setup of the story itself. Um, and Jasmine Miller does water sports. Do you know what um, water sport we don't see? I have read Jasmine Miller and her swim her swim series and I think Megan Quinn's stroke series are the I two really like Megan, that stroke, I really liked a lot. Megan like Verone also does college yep. uh swimming. It's like her edge of glory. The edge of glory. I series. think there's seven books in that series. Um but do you know what water sport we don't see? The water skiing. No, no. No, I didn't even think about that. Okay. It's the um basically it's the yachting speed boat like where they sail the sailing oh, cup sailing yeah what's the oh it's and like, penny reads um elements of chemistry you see rowing they're a rowing team rowing what did i just oh that troublemaker by um jessica peterson he was a rower in college and he and his best friends still row on the lake on the weekends but they're not professional athletes but it adds just another layer um Okay, so I want to talk about it so we can get it out of the way. Hockey, it's currently very, very trendy. Authors that have never written hockey romances are all of a sudden writing hockey romances. I didn't write any hockey romances. Well, that's okay. I don't care if you give any recs. Because we give tons of hockey recs. Like, seriously, listen to any episode. There's hockey recs. Go to the website. There's tons of hockey recs. It's true. But tell me this, you guys. All these authors that are all of a sudden popping up hockey romance, even though hockey romance isn't really what they typically write. Do you like it? Do you no. hate it? Or are you just curious to see how bad it is? You know what? I don't read them. I'll just be frank. I don't read them unless somebody else in our book club has read them and has highly, highly recommended them because I'm going to stick to the authors that I already know who've been doing it before it really like got out of control like this. And I want to highlight, like for me, one of the authors that I really love a lot in hockey romance is Danica, Danica Flynn, because Mm -hmm. she is actually tying like some of the current, um, there's like some conversation in current events. Um, but then like, she has a lot of like bi heroines and heroes in her hockey romances. And I love that. Like, I love to show a different perspective that you don't usually see in these sports romances. And also Danik is a hockey fanatic. So, so she gets correct. hockey, right? She gets <laughs> hockey, right? I will say there are some authors that write hockey that seem to be writing lots of hockey that we do not talk about a lot. So author Kate Willoughby has a hockey series that I really like. It's the San Diego Sharks series. We often do not talk about the Brooklyn Bruisers by Serena Bowen. Oh, I love that series. It's so good. Um, I recently read a Julie, Julia Connors um, series. Or I read book one on the line or it's the book four of, and spinning off into a new series. It was very good. She has three hockey books previous to that that I haven't read yet. Um Brenda Rother and Kat Mazira write together their St. Louis Mavericks series. Heather's talked about it a couple times. It's delightful. It's emotional. It is found family. I can't recommend that enough. Um, 
And then we do have some one-offs. Vanessa Vale wrote Man Candy. He was a pro hockey player. Um, Wicked, Wild and Wicked by Mary Carr. He was a pro hockey player. Um, that one was really good. I really like Kate Meter. And we don't talk about her a lot. Lindsay and I last year read her. So what was that? Jock and Trouble? I can't remember what it was called, it was, but it's no, um, it was that fake dating one, wasn't it? Right, but it he was the GM, but it was like fake dating with a twist. I like, have it right here. Just that one was really good. Seconds. It was really good. It, it is because she doesn't end up with the fake dating dude. No, she ends up with the GM. It's yeah, not a spoiler, does. people. Like you can tell it from the blurb, so don't get mad at us. Don't come at us. Um, like we did a Jock wanted, Jock wanted, wanted mm. by Kate Meador. But that yeah, she's really, really good. good. Um, and that's a good example of like. Oh, Samantha Lind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Samantha Lind. Her books are great. They are no angst. Rarely is there a third act breakup. They're, but they're also in cities that don't get a lot of attention. Like they're in Indianapolis. And right. I love mm -hmm. like. If you're well, Stephanie K. To... Stephanie K. has a Baltimore hockey series. That's really well done. I really enjoy that. Uh, I do have some authors on my TBR that I've not read, that I know write hockey and lots of people like, and I haven't started them yet. And that's uh, Tegan Hunter. I I have read her. I've not read her hockey series. No, I read her like, cheesy series, the pizza parlor, small town. I like the pizza. Yes. Those titles are pretty freaking punny though. Like She she likes a good pun. I love puns. Um, They're not for everyone. The, one in, the book one is called Pizza My Heart. Just anyway. How can you not love that? I know. I've I've actually read a lot of Tegan's books, but I have not read her hockey series yet. Um, Allie Sizz, I know she writes New Adult uh, College, mm -hmm. and I believe Carrie really likes her books. And then, like I said, Julia Connors, I only read one of her books. I'm intrigued by her writing style, and I will be going back and checking out her books. But like we said, I'm not focusing anymore on hockey because I'm a little angry about all these authors that are all of a sudden, I'm going to write a mm -hmm. hockey romance. Really, bitch? You write football. Shut the fuck shut the freaking door and take your seat i ain't got time it, for you honestly if it's an author that i really love like i'll read it but if it's someone who i'm like eh, unless somebody raves about it okay no thank you so Lindsay yeah, hates <laughs> baseball romances but i would like to very clearly say that i have had the pleasure the pleasure of convincing Lindsay to read some baseball romances Oh, you made her read the Kaylee Ryan ones. And it's actually good. And all of my complaints, like, you can't complain about her books because, like, she clearly knows the sport. She clearly accounted for the way the sport is in it, in the series. And I just really like the way she handled it. Like, it just felt like it was really realistic, the way she handled the challenges of that schedule in building good solid relationships yeah i agree but that is somebody who did her research or knows a lot about the sport um that girl must live and breathe baseball because it is really like there are, a lot of times it's just underwhelming and like the way that a lot of authors handle baseball it's just like it's like they get tired of writing about the sport you can't get tired of writing about baseball if you're going to write a baseball romance because again, they pay 162 games a year. Mm -hmm. That's six straight months of baseball. They have, you know, 
a month and a half of spring training before that. Then they have a month long postseason. Like that's a lot of baseball. Where in there do you have time every day to go on dates with girls? You don't. So Jiffy Kate <laughs> writes a baseball series that takes place in New Orleans. And yes. I actually do enjoy that series. Melanie Scott has her New York Saints series. They are older, but I recently reread the first one, The Devil in Denim. It's very, very well done. Um, I will say, okay, but Jiffy Kate, they're baseball fanatics. They They went to the all-star game. My dream Jiffy Kate signing is to meet them at a baseball game and get them to sign all my books. Jiff goes to (laughs) opening day for the Astros like every year with her dad. Like that is one of their things. Oh, I saved one of their books last year to read it at the ALCS game because Charlie and I flew to New York for it. So I was at Yankee Stadium when I started to read their book. <laughs> because the Astros were playing, and I was like, Jeff would have been so happy. Yankees, they were. I tagged um, them on the internet. Lone Howell has a baseball <laughs> series. Um, I will say though, I feel like with baseball, you don't. Uh, every once in a while, you'll have like series, but I feel like baseball is more like a a one off. Well, I was just gonna say it that is. I have a lot of like one book in a series. One of the heroes is a baseball player, or it's so. like a really short series. Like Samantha Christie has this like her steel or her perfect game series, but it's only three books. I mean, granted, she only does three book series, but like Melanie Sean has a one called Teasing Destiny. But it's the only baseball book, like well, in the well, whole series. Tina Gallagher does the Carolina Wave series for baseball. Mm-hmm. And I think that one is pretty well done. Her books take place out of the schedule. So like, I think the first one, he's injured and he falls in love with his personal therapist, his physical therapist. And then there's the, like the other ones that take place in spring training where they're like in a set place with less rigorous schedule and like less of that chaos of the normal season to interfere so by the time they do get back into the rhythm of the sport it's not like they have a strong foundation to make it really believable so Mm -hmm. i think she does a pretty good job with that series too um okay we're moving on to football because we are giving (laughs) so what i'm going to suggest all of our listeners is go over and check out our Goodreads. You can find all our Goodread links on our website. And each of us do have sports romance shelves. And um, I have to add specifically uh, what Cass sports. Leah was a dumbass. Well, I know not. this. But let's move on to the next sport because people are going to be like, poor Amanda, as she's writing our wiki, oh, is going to be like, oh my goodness. Shut up. <laughs> we are not sorry, Amanda. Like the- She's going to have to, like, keep pausing yes. and starting and rewinding the 10 seconds. Okay, let's go to football. And okay. okay, so here's a question about football, because I think it's similar to baseball. We don't get a, like, hockey, we get a whole team. Football, we don't really get whole teams. It's three books or it's one-offs. It's, like, not every player gets a... um a romance like there are definitely less football series than anything else you see lots of football in new adult palomalu like i think it would be so cool to have like a troy palomalu inspired romance where you're actually talking about a safety instead of just like the quarterback and his two best friends kicker don't you think the kicker needs or the corner the center 
the cornerback well, the kickers are so interesting too because a lot of times they're like soccer players turn football mm-hmm. players and that would be like a really cool way to like okay. kind of well that's for college a lot of times they'll recruit so- i will like say players for kickers kristen callahan her game on series we get defensive backs we get the center we do get a quarterback and we get a wide I mean, receiver you don't have a football team if somebody's not hiking the ball people and so kristen callahan if you've not read that game on series it's an older series it's been out for a while but it's so well done, like so well done. Um, the game by Vi Keeland, also the best grand gesture I have read this year. And Lindsay's dying are, because uh, Leah's inappropriate. All the time, the, all the time. So people. the game by Vi Keeland. Um, Lisa, that was a really good book. It was a really good book. Lindsay, pull it together, sister. I'm um, sorry. Lisa Suzanne has her Vegas Aces book. And I think the stories, I read the first five books for the same couple. And that's what bugs me is that she writes these elaborate. Each couple gets five books and they're not, and they're longer than novella, but they're not, they're not like, you know, 75,000 words. It's weird. Um, And she does a lot of stuff just, I think, for extra pages. Anyway, um, so Elsa Madden Mills actually writes a decent amount of football. She does new adult football because she has a, mm, I can't think of the college name, but she has a whole college like new adult series that actually is really good. And I'm not a big fan of new adult typically, but then she has the princess and the player and the um, beauty and the baller. The beauty and the baller thank you but those are nfl like players so, and those are really well done stacy lynn just started a new football series yeah she went back she went back to football because yeah. she had wrote football before she wrote hockey and so she's so attorney. there is that um also sarah nay her trophy boyfriend series has a baseball player football players mm-hmm. and maybe sarah another- writes a bunch of different and she like does football sports. in college also that I think mm-hmm. is well done. Um, so Katie Ashley has one called Hard Way. It's actually really good. There's a second one too that's his brother, but it's a different sport, but I can't think of what it is off the top of my head. Um, Lindsay, do you have any football? Um, I really like the Samantha Whiskey Raleigh Raptors series and how it ties into her Carolina Reapers series. I love Carla Sorensen's football books. Mm-hmm. Um I actually had the Christy Callahan books written down. Um, what else? What else? What else? Oh, and then I actually like had a sidebar of Carla Sorensen's. Um, I forgot Ward what sisters. The, the Ward sisters. Like it's a cross sport series where every single sister winds up with a boyfriend of a different, different sport. sport. And I mm-hmm. thought that was really cool how that played out. Yeah, because there's um, football, soccer, snowboarding, and mma mma you're right i couldn't think of that oh yeah that's the book that doesn't pop to like 90 fucking percent and we don't have his siblings that's Uh, true maybe maybe the next series i hope Um, because that's such an opportunity it it Um, really is moonshine kiss by claire kingsley and lucy score in the um, bootleg spring series george is a he's retired 
football player. Mm-hmm. It's delightful and very good. And then Doesn't Mar- he wind up with a, um, I guess, do we call her a neurodiverse? Hero? Yes. Mm-hmm. Neurospicy. Yes. She is very, I really love spicy. that book. That book. That's my favorite in that, that series. That is a great book. It is. It's a really good book. Yeah. It's my favorite in that series. Um, and then Maria Lewis has um, Kiss Me Tonight. It's part of her Put a Ring on It. Um, so Dom is a retired NFL player and he. Okay, I'm cutting you off. You're done. Wait, done with I have football. To finish this. No. no, she's a female coach. That's great. We're moving. She was a kicker in college. Okay, okay. soccer room. We are going to run out of time and we're going to have to do like a part two. Nobody cares if we do a soccer romance, a.k.a. American football continued. (laughs) (laughs) I will say I had a harder time with this one. I did, too. I know that author Ava Harrison has a soccer series. um, And but I did come up with Temptation by Jenna Hartley. And then she has one of her L.A. series that he's the pro soccer player in temptation he owns the soccer team mm-hmm. and um until may by aurora rose reynolds he is a soccer player and they meet on vacation yes that's, that's delightful um mckinley may um has a college soccer series um it's called the treehouse boys because like the soccer house is like set up like a treehouse Like that's where they live. And it's actually really well done. She has only released like three books, I think. So it's, I don't know if she's writing more, like if she's just an extremely slow writer, but it's been a while since I read them, but I did enjoy them. Um, And then Maya Hughes has one called Passion on the Pitch. It's one of her older books, but it was pretty good. Um, Scoring Wilder by R.S. Gray. It was one of her first books that she wrote. Um, so it's lower angst. He's a coach. She's the player. So there's a little bit of taboo there, yeah. but it's not like so bad. Like, cause he is younger. Lindsay, um, do you have any soccer sports? We're gonna have to go back to start limiting us to like three um, books per sport. <laughs> hey, Bromberg has a soccer romance that i read a few years ago i think you sent me the paperback for that one and then amy dawes her harris brothers mm-hmm. i like that one but i will say like one of the books in there is a duet and i did not appreciate that <laughs> see i like that duet okay i like the duet i don't I like didn't... being surprised when you're reading a series and every other book oh, you didn't know ETA. it was a duet no Leah, oh, that's I the worst. That's the worst. See, I waited until book two came out before okay, I read book that one. Book, I like stayed up late reading it and I was like, oh, I'm gonna be all cute and I'm gonna read until 2 a.m. and then I'm gonna get up at 6 a.m. for work. And then I was like, You were so what mad. The hell? This is not a happy ending. No, that's a way to make me hate you a little bit. Um like I will say though, I like that, off. like the original like it series really better than the though. spin-offs. I only like her original series. I read one of her spinoffs and then I kind of hadn't read anything else by her. So uh, there, I'm just laying it. it all out there for you today. <laughs> um, okay, so let's move on to basketball. Okay, so basketball, I had a really hard time with. Um, so Fade to Blue by Andrea Hopkins and Blonde Date, which is a novella by Serena Bowen were the only two basketball books that I found that so, I have read. I did read Kennedy Ryan's hoop series, but check yeah, content. Yeah, I did not warnings. read those ones because, yeah. But I'm a Kennedy Ryan fan, not. and she writes it. I'm gonna read it. 
Um, Max Miller has basketball too. I read his basketball. I read Kennedy Ryan's. Kennedy Ryan's good. I did was it not Max, Max Miller or is it Mikey Miller? Mike Miller. Mickey or Mickey. Mickey Miller. What is it? Mickey? Because it's Max Walker, who we usually talk about, or Mickey Miller. And then Mickey Miller. I didn't know Mickey had a basketball one. Yeah, Mickey Miller. He's got a duet. It's very, very angsty. Oh, I don't love Rick. Andrew's on the covers. I was thinking Max Walker. I was No, that's okay. He does not write basketball. He writes really great cruise romance about Christmas. That's one of my favorite books. It's Read it. Such a fun. Um, that's not even a sports romance. Um <laughs> I also have actually cruising sports for old people. Yes. Shuffleboard. Where's our <laughs> shuffleboard romances? Pickleball. A bocce, perhaps. Pickleball is taking over the nation. Where's it our is. pickleball romances? They play pickleball in the gym by my office like three times a week. There is a pickleball, huge pickleball tournament happening here in July, you guys. Like people are coming in for it. And I'm just yeah. like, fucking pickleball? What? I know so many people that play it now. I just I okay. don't see the draw, but whatever. R.S. Gray, King of the Court, is a baseball book, and Piper Lawson ba- or basketball, 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 and Piper Larson has some basketball so, that I've never read. So here's the thing: we need more basketball books. Yeah, um, golf. I have one, The Right Boss by K.A. Lindy. He is a professional golf golfer that is retiring and coming home in his family money they are going to build a pga golf course um i think i have two so the perfect stroke by um jordan marie he is a professional golfer um it's part of her crayon gang like brothers and family and then i think this one hold on give me a second Lindsay, do you have any golf Oh, I clicked on the wrong book. Sorry. <laughs> no, but I would be curious if anybody's read the Tian Mayer Teardrop Shot book. Um, that's on my t- my TBR for basketball from a long time ago. Okay. But I've never read it. Um, so. Oh no, this one was not. It was a charity event. I lied. Okay. No, I've read zero golf books. Yeah. Um, um, I will just be honest. Like, I'm probably not ever going to unless it includes like a cute little putt putt scene. Tara Civic has a <laughs> golf one that I haven't read yet, but I do enjoy her books. But aren't They're they fade fun. to black? Ah, uh, no. Okay. That's good to know. She I, has a book about otters. I do have a lim- lumber sports book wreck. Uh, oh, yeah. Would You Marry Me by Daphne Elliott. He is competing in the national lumber sports competition, and it involves like climbing trees and cutting them with axes and rolling logs. (laughs) I don't know. It's a thing. Wife carrying really races. It's a thing. It it is a thing. Um, So tennis, we have 40 love by Olivia Dade. He is a tennis pro. And then also um, Royal player by Katie McCoy. It was, they are at Wimbledon, I think. Hmm. It was really tennis. Isn't something else we don't see a lot of. No, I was, I was like searching through my Kindle and like going through like my Goodreads and because again, past Leo was a dumbass. And so I'm like searching through like the 6,000 books I have in my Goodreads. And I'm like, it's a lot of books and not a lot of like tennis or not obscure sports, but like not the more popular sports. And I was kind of annoyed by that. So Lisa K. Adams has a equestrian book. It's a novella, Wild in Rio, based at the Rio Olympics. 
and she is a horseback rider competing in the equestrian sports and then she um there's a I forget what he is but they're both athletes in the Olympics okay I would love a novella series like a multi-author novella series that takes place like in an Olympic village like with that different would be phenomenal wouldn't that be a great novella series Mm-hmm. Yes, because you can I would cross that. everything. You can do winter sports. You can do summer sports. Yes. You could have like a winter series and then like a summer collab series, and you can cover. You could, could do cover, a curling one. Could have a. I mean, you could have different athletes of different sports. I would read this. I want a curling romance, people. Well, I was just thinking of like she said horseback, right? Like dressage, which is like the really fancy horse. Or you even know, like archery or like the triathlon, like, like, and we all have heard the stories of, you know, the condoms and the STTs happening True. in the Olympic village. And actually there's endless opportunity during well, COVID. I will say there when... are some because Piper Rain has a, an Olympics one. It's their um, ice games series. So remember this last Olympics, this last summer Olympics, the the beds were made out of cardboard and part of the reason it was to be like sustainability and all this kind of stuff, but it was also like because of COVID so restrictions and stuff. Sex. So people weren't doing it in the cardboard. <laughs> okay. So those are our sports recs. Take what you will. I'm sure we'll have more sports romance episodes coming to in the future. Cause we do read a lot of it. Um, if you have a title or an author that writes something that we talked about, and you think we they should be on our radar, again, please email us, thebees at bookcaseandcoffee.com or go to our website and fill out a contact form. We need the book recs. We are all trying to read new and different authors. So the more books yeah. you send our way, the more authors that we aren't talking about, but you love, the better job we can do of representing what's out there um, in the world of Romance Landia. Okay, Leah, guess what? It's that time. It's that time. Book, book of, of the, the week. week. It's book of the week time. Lindsay, what's your book of the week? I'm going to say Irresistibly Yours by Lauren Lane. I reread that for a quick shot that we're doing together. It is sports adjacent. She is like one of my comfort read authors. I've read like her whole backlist almost her whole back Those Oxford men. And I've been rereading. Yeah, that's the series I've been rereading. Um, her Oxford men and then the stiletto girls, because I really love that one. Um anyway. They're fantastic. Jason, they meet at a Yankees game. Um I she love loves hot well. dogs. <laughs> <laughs> she does. She eats an healthy but... amount of hot dogs. Like her sister calls her in this book just to make sure she's eating something other than hot dogs. dogs. Yeah. Anyway listen for that quick shot of romance coming out soon um leah what's your book of the week um my book of the week is possession by bryn asher it is her new um series starter of the agents it's actually a little bit darker than some of her other stuff it's like a mix between her like dylan sisters duet darkness and like her vine like killer series it's forced marriage t- like total touch her and die vibes like the the hero literally says if you touch her i will kill you and i will say that it it does come true a little bit okay. so, <laughs> but there's a twist there's a twist so you just have to read it it's really really good though 
Um, so my um, book of the week is Pray Tell by Amanda Richardson. Oh, you keep talking about this. Boy. This book is pr- Primal Play. There is absolute consent, but there is some consensual non-consent, but it is well talked about and discussed and what his kinks are and what she's willing to handle and do. And I went into this book. It was suggested to me by one of our um, community members who didn't know where to put it in our Discord as a book record to talk about it. And I looked at the blurb because I wasn't sure I'd never heard of this author or heard of this book. And they said, and when I read it, I was like picking it up. And I'm like, okay, this is gonna be porn without plot, like sizzling read porn without plot. We're not getting a whole lot. I'm here. there for that. Um, and then it ended up being this really complex story with these really well thought out layered characters, a story that made sense. I'm desperate for the next book. I mean, there was spice, but there was also this like next level of development and unfolding that I wasn't expecting. And I know that a couple of community members have also read it and they're like, yeah, I get this. I get why this book is sticking with you. So anyway, pray tell by Amanda Richardson. Um, Patreon update. Swag packs are headed out this week for July. I'm excited to share our swag pack sponsors for the authors for July are author Susan Stoker and Kaylee Ryan. Um, also as a rebel Shaw. Kaylee Ryan also sent some Rebel Shaw stuff to go with it. Swag packs go out to Fancy Drink Cold Brew and Queen Bee Tier, and we still have fun buzzing about romance exclusive stickers in each pack or mood reading cards and other fun things. They are mailed monthly on the 5th of the month, and we do ship these internationally. There is no wait time on this perk. It kicks in as soon as you join. Because of our amazing Patreons, we are able to bring you three episodes a week, and we are still working on our goal of 75 members so that we can plan our first ever community-wide book retreat. All members of the Patreon get exclusive episodes along with perks like Drunk or Buzzing Book Club. Uh, back by popular demand is our summer reading challenge. It is scale. It's a little bit scaled back, but it's still fun and chaotic. And it ends on July 31st. You can find details on our website. And if you would like to know what events we have coming up, you can find them at bookcaseandcoffee.com slash events. And this includes happy hours, IG live, book club and book discussions. That's all the things. Oh, and for those of you who have not yet bought your tickets for the HEA Readers event in Indianapolis, Indiana, November 3rd through the 5th, you mm-hmm. are going to want to do that. We are going to have our first ever Buzzing About Romance meetup. We are signing at in that. Person meetup. In person meetup. In person meetup. Um, we are signing at that event. And I believe we are going to do something Friday night before the cocktail hour. And then we will probably pay the romance card game that I got from Sky Warren from Dangerous Press uh, Saturday night. Oh, things are going to get crazy. So, and I hope to have a signature drink at the bar for all of us. So expect big things from Buzzing About Romance for our community members. But you can get those tickets. You can find a link on our website. Um, Lindsay and Leah, thank you so much for joining me for this episode. It's always a good time. It was a great time. (laughs) You're welcome for all the wrecks. We're sorry. (laughs) We're sorry. Um, Until next time, everyone. Happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. 
you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes. 